You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. Welcome to Episode 2 of The Whole Truth podcast. I'm Paul Armstrong. In this episode, I talk to Simon Lawson, the Managing Director of Gascoigne Resources. Some of you will remember Gascoigne as the WA gold mine that was on its knees just a few months ago. Simon's made some very tough and gutsy decisions and the company is now up and running with an outstanding discovery right in the heart of Western Australia, with the rather odd name of the Never Never deposit, mind you. But don't let that put you off. Here's Simon to tell us all about why the company has such a great future in Western Australia. Simon Lawson, I feel that introduction that we just heard about you omitted one little piece. It sounds like it really needed one of those uh, lines that they put in uh, financial product uh, products, you know, financial investment products that say uh, past performance is no guide to future performance. And that's really what we're dealing with here in the case of Gascoigne, aren't we? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Different company to the uh, the, the past Gascoigne. And, and and that's a, you know, it's a big message that I want to carry to people. We're obviously doing things uh, differently to to how the company was run before. We're, we're obviously estimating things differently. We're drilling things differently. We've got different ideas. And I think we're really coming out with the goods, um, but ultimately we still have that high-value plant that sits there with no debt across it. So that's just sitting there waiting to process the gold that we're outlining at the moment. So the project in its previous form was Dalgaranga. Mm-hmm. You still call it Dalgaranga. Yes. But it was a gold-producing operation with a plant right next door to it coming from a an open-pit mine. Yep. You now mothballed the plant and you're an exploration company. Absolutely, yeah. So I suppose the, the key thing for us is that obviously trying to run from that open pit at that lower grade with the cost escalation that the whole industry seen was very difficult. Um, so we made, I think to me, a courageous decision, uh, a fearless decision to actually shut that plant down, put it into care and maintenance. Um, we had to let some people go. That was, you know, a tough part of the of that evolution. But for us, the ultimate goal is to reveal what never, never can be and, and how big it can be. You know, we've got a a small resource at 300,000 ounces at the moment, but uh, we grew at 185% in uh, in 12 months. Um, I, from I have to ask you, who came up with that name, Never Never? It <laughs> sounds like it's something out of Alice in Wonderland, doesn't it? Like well, it curiouser does. and curiouser. Yeah, no, look, it, and it intrigues me, and, and I was a little bit, uh, I suppose, cautious about the name, but it, it came from a, a gin. All of our deposits are named after gins, and one gin particularly captured. Why? Come on, why? Well, I don't know, actually. I, I came into the business, the, the operating company is called G&T Resources, uh, which obviously means gin and tonic, um, and gin is a, is a favourite drink of mine. So I thought, well, let's just carry on this the thematic, right? But uh, let's not go for the beef eaters or the Gordons. Let's actually put an Australian uh, brand on this. And to me, Never Never is an amazing South Australian gin that just uh, really captured my, uh, I suppose, my curiosity the same way that Never Never the deposit has. So... I thought it was a really good name. Uh, it turns out that it's probably the best name we could have given it because it does cop a lot of flack, but at the same time, and it, it does give that sort of wistful nature to it. People question why it's called that, and to me, we're really answering that with, with these drill holes. You know, those, so so those let's paint a picture then. Let's paint the picture, Simon, for, for listeners here. We started, you have a big plant that's in excellent condition that's mothballed. You have the open pit gilbies mm-hmm. that you were mining, that you uh, it was low grade. You've stopped that now. And you've made this big discovery just next to the pit. Mm-hmm. How far away is Never Never? Uh, 400 metres from the Gilby's pit. So we initially we found Gilby's North, which is the extension, which, you know, creatively named Gilby's North. It's just the extension to the main ore body. Um, and we thought, you know, that's success. 
that's that's what we needed to do, find more of the same. But at the same time, the struggle is real within that plant with that sort of grade, with those costs. So uh, when we started seeing these thicker intercepts, it really got really exciting. Uh, and I suppose being cautious, uh, having seen a few missteps before and understanding the legacy of Gascoigne, um, it was important to make sure that this was real. So we drilled it from a few different angles. I copped a bit of flack for for doing that, but it, what that was was just making sure that this thing is real. Those those initial intercepts, 54 metres at 6.5, was just unbelievable to start with, um, but we backed that up with 32 at 8.6 and, and numerous other drill holes. We've now put 400 drill holes into this thing. It is very real. It's mineralised from surface and it's over 500 metres down plunge now, so it is expanding rapidly. Um, we've got two rigs on site now, so, you know, the sky's the limit, basically. But, but it's not more of the same, is it? You say you were looking for more of the same to Gilby's, but actually yeah. it's very different, isn't it? Well, I mean, that's the grade, right. for starters, is, is another story altogether. That's right. And I think the courage um, to shut the plant down um, rather than put the entire company into administration because that was, you know, the difficulty, that was the precipice we were on. Um, the courage to put that into care and maintenance and continue to drill and raise money to do that came from those grades. They're just outstanding. I mean, I've worked for a lot of producing companies, big big names in the business, um, and to me, those those numbers are very rare. You know, when you get fifty meter intercepts at six to ten to twelve grams with core intercepts twelve at you know thirty four thirty five gram a ton, and they're sitting three four hundred meters below surface from you know initial intercepts at surface, it's a pretty special thing. So, what's the resource now? Uh, three hundred and three thousand ounces at four point six four. Uh, that includes a roughly two and a half gram open pit, uh, and then over seven gram underground. So it's a pretty special old body. But when you when you sort of take a thousand foot view of it, and I do this fairly regularly just to keep myself in check, when things start looking amazing, I just I just think about what else I've worked on. You know, I look at this deposit, and it's just like every other goldfield I've worked in Western Australia, throughout North America. You, you see these deposits. These goldfields have these deposits in them. Uh, Dalgaranga always had the potential. Now. You going back a step, you, as you say, you've worked for some big gold companies. One of your former masters, uh, Bill Beamon, Northern Star, famously once said that uh, the best place to find gold is near a gold mine. Correct. You 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 would have heard him say that. You worked for yep. him. Uh, you've proven that that thesis to be correct again, haven't you? Yeah. He also said he didn't need geologists a lot of the time because he could just drill in a straight line. But uh, <laughs> I never held that again. <laughs> I never held that against him. A great man. A vision, uh, a visionary, and to me, he had the the faith and put it behind the geologists in Northern Star, and I did that with my team. You know, I, I kind of emulated that. I, I had a good team. We put it into care and maintenance. I had a really good core of uh, geologists there, and I just put my faith in them, and I said, look, we've, we've hit the nail on the head here, literally. Let's follow this thing, design some new holes, and let's get after it, and, and it really has paid off. It's quite fascinating. It's all, while it's still relatively early days at this never-never discovery, it's, it's starting to shape up as a rags-to-riches story, isn't it? Let's go back another step. I hope so. <laughs> you've, you've actually recapitalised Gascoigne as a company, haven't you? Mm. Some people, I think, mistakenly think that you actually put the company into administration. No, that's that right. didn't happen. No, that's it. No, we didn't. Um, it was important to, to avoid administration, and, and we did it, this whole sort of process solvently. We were very close. We did, we did, I suppose, put a, a full stop on the operation with enough money to get this process done, but just enough. Uh, we wanted to see how far we could push it and see if we could actually succeed. And we started uh, mining the laterite from the top of Never Never just before we shut the plant off. And some of that was going through the plant like, 
you just wouldn't believe. And for me, that was really exciting and ironic that we still had to shut the plant down. But it was still the right decision because the operating cost environment was just not healthy. Um, no one has a good handle on where those costs are going to go or whether they're going to come back down. Uh, so for us, the, the thing we knew was that these high grades were real and that if we continue to drill this thing and grow it, we have a plant with no debt on it sitting right next to it. I mean, it's a 1,000 metres away from a 2.5 million tonne per annum plant and you've got a growing high-grade discovery. This is, you know, to me it's a virgin high-grade discovery. We may have found it in an existing goldfield, but it's not a deposit that was drilled to find the extension of, which is something that I've done pretty much my whole career with, you know, with Bill and, and others is to go into existing mines, change the mindset and go after something and, and continue to drill a long strike or, or down plunge or, you know, throw throw out the naysaying and actually just drill some holes to see whether you can get it done. It's quite a fascinating story because it was a gutsy decision to stop production while you still had money. The gold industry is littered with the carcasses of companies that went until they could go no more. They spent every cent and next thing you know, they're in administration. You actually took the decision to throw the anchor out on production, even though you could have kept going, and in the belief that you would keep the company, as you say, solvent, mm. you mothball an excellent plant, and you had a sense of what was already happening just next door at Never Never. We'll make ourselves effectively an exploration company with the added bonus of a wonderful plant right next to it. Mm-hmm. If if we make half a discovery, it's going to be more lucky, more likely to be economic because you've got the plant there. That's right. So you've now gone and drilled this. You're drilling it out. Uh, what do we know about other than the three hundred thousand ounces that you've got in the resource? What do we know about the potential? What what do you what can you see? Well, I suppose the way I look at it, um, like I look at most opportunities, and I think this is where some of that vision that Bill possessed came from, is that when you have, let's say, a million ounces of gold at whatever grade, it didn't get there by itself. So it has to come from somewhere and it has to go to somewhere and there's other opportunities and you may just not have looked there. And for me, I won't say it's not there until I've drilled a hole. I'll never talk myself out of it. I have to put a drill hole in it. And that philosophy has worked everywhere I've worked for the last 15 years in gold, just constantly throwing drill holes into places where I think, well, maybe, you know, if we put a drill hole in there and answer the question, and it just so happens the first question we asked of the ore body at Dalgaranga came away with a result. So the question everybody asks in gold exploration, particularly when you get to 300,000 ounces, this is open? Yeah. And therefore, is the potential there for a million ounces? I, look, I strongly believe there is, yeah. And we put out an exploration target, which I think is actually fairly conservative, and some people might question that. But, you know, I'm about outcomes. I'm just going to continue to produce ounces and put out new resources and grow this thing to the point where all the questions go away and we start talking about how many millions of ounces can be in the system because you've got a million ounces of low-grade material under under one gram. No one really cares. You know, it's not exciting. What is exciting is this never-never structure and how many more of these never-never structures there are. And we think we've found one already. We think there's possibly another one. How, how do you think you've found one already? Well, we had an existing data set and this is where, you know, a lot of companies have had success where they take an existing data set and they reevaluate it. Um, a lot of the time during mining operations, you may not actually stop to take a look at what you have and what it might be telling you uh, because you're under pressure from production point of view. You're trying to get ounces every month, every quarter, everyone's under the pump, everyone's looking for something to blame, you know, whether it's engineering or geology or blasting or whatever. No one ever really gets a chance to stop and have a look and I think that's really important. And, and what we did when we found Never Never was think, okay, well, if this structure is at right angles to the main strike of these million low-grade ounces, 
what else is sitting at right angles or, or at a different angle? And, and where is the evidence that we already can see? So we went back through our data set. We, you know, amazing database geologists, a, a team of really, uh, you know, experienced geos, mine geos from the Dalgaranga pit that watched those blocks getting mined. I'd ask them, where have you seen this type of mineralisation before? Where, where can we expect to see it again? And the answer was, oh, we've seen that in the pit before. So at the north end of Gilby's Pit is some of the highest grade material in the whole of the Dalgaranga region prior to the discovery of Never Never. And it sits out at a, an angle to the main ore body, exactly the same that Never Never does. And we, we can't drill it at very good angles at the moment, but it's enticing. It's sitting there and telling us that there is something that we need to follow up on. And I suppose the other aspect at the moment, we've tripled down, um, not just with our drilling, but putting a SAM survey across the surface there. So what that's showing us already is that there is a number of breaks to the geology at Dalgaranga, which may be other never-nevers, and they are very close to the existing never-never discovery. So Gascoigne Mark II actually bears very little resemblance to Gascoigne Mark I, except the plant is in common and the name. So it begs the question, get rid of some of this baggage, get rid of some of the history that went with the company up until the recent recapitalisation. Why don't you just change the name? Yeah, look, that is in the plan. Uh, it, it, it's a systematic evolution. For me, you find the, the better grade gold, which is almost impossible to done, do. We've done the sort of unicorn uh, situation where we've just gone and found a completely different grade ore body that, we, that can go into that plant tomorrow and change the, the profit margins immediately. For me, it's, it's a systematic approach. You have to change what the feed is, justify what that new company's going to be called based on what you've just done. And we've taken a fearless approach to what we want to do. Every time we've made a decision, we've been courageous about it. And that's not blowing smoke. It, it's basically just saying, you know, we're not afraid of making hard calls. As you said, we stopped the operation. We, we hit the stop button before we ran out of money. A lot of companies don't do that. And we had, to me, we made the right move. And we had some really good advice. You know, the Sternship Advisor guys, really, really good advice from those guys. And that helped us as a board to make that decision. And I think our next step is to cement this change, this sort of evolution into, uh, you know, a new company name, because I think that's the brand that we carry forward. We've got a different way of approaching things. And now I want a different banner to fly above that, you know. Okay. Now, you're not, you're not one to do things subtly. I mean, you've, <laughs> as we said, you've, you're pretty gutsy stuff, that you, what you've done so far, and it's paying dividends to this date. Uh, what, what can shareholders expect expect now Simon are we really set for a whole host of assays you're drilling constantly what, mm. what, what's around the corner um look I, I I do take an aggressive approach to everything to me I'd rather burn and, and fail than than wonder you know and just sit there so for me this is we are succeeding we are succeeding in spades we will continue to push aggressively on this geology we've got two rigs on site right now we've got a geophysical survey underway we've got assays in the lab right now we've got core coming back to Perth um, there's going to be some really good news flow coming from this. We can already see some pretty amazing stuff in the chips and in the core. So we've got a lot of a lot of good things to update the market with uh, in very short order, and then we'll just continue to put that news out. I mean, you're not, you're not going to die wondering, are you? No, you've got, absolutely. You've got a market cap of about seventy million dollars, yeah, and you've got a potential for you know a seriously large deposit at four grams a ton in the mm. heart of Western Australia. That's right. Uh, it's almost binary, isn't it? It works. One hundred percent, it is. Yeah. Look, with an EV of sort of thirty, thirty-five million bucks uh, in Western Australia, which is the best jurisdiction for not only mining but for finding more gold uh, and, and operating. You know, I mean, the amount of experience we've got in this state and and the the jurisdiction, there's there's no risk. You know, we we know what the risks are in terms of permitting and all that sort of stuff. We know the timeframes. 
we're going to get down there and, and make this thing huge. So finally, let's give our listeners a little insight into what you're thinking is on a new name. Sure. You've shown plenty of guts, plenty of uh, initiative. Uh, it's not for the uh, faint-hearted, mm-hmm. um, but it's paying dividends. The leverage is there at $70 million. There's obviously plenty of upside. What would be a suitable name, do you think? Come on, you must you must have something. Yeah, look, I, I didn't really want to go with too many names, um, but the idea that I've got, we, we take a fearless approach to everything, right? We, we don't, we're not scared of anything. We'll get stuck in. And for me, uh, fearless does represent, in one word, the way we approach things. We make fearless decisions. We're fearless with our geology. We just get stuck in. And, and we're not going to, no, we're not going to stop doing that, and I think that's that to me is an appropriate name or something very similar to that. I think I know why you like that. Yeah, I can just hear the introduction when you're at these conferences and you're introduced, uh, fearless MD Simon Lawson. <laughs> kind of got a ring to it, really, hasn't it? Well, you know, it, look, it, it just will double down on on uh, you know what I'm known for is just going out and getting it done. It's an amazing story, as I said earlier. It is rags to riches. It's uh, you're going from a company that was on its knees to a company with an unbelievable future here. Mm. You know, a few more drill holes can change the story yet again. That's right. Uh, thanks very much for your time. We wish you all the best. You've uh, you've shown real guts to get where it is, and uh, a bit more of that attitude. I think shareholders will be delighted with what's waiting for them. Thanks very much, Simon. I'm so thanks, Paul. You've been listening to the whole truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast, produced by Resource Media. Hosted by Paul Armstrong for Reed Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions. 